welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast with Kyle Krieger and Wilkie Law, where we're sharing inspiring stories of educators just like yourself, helping you to develop your craft and sharpen your tools to become the teacher your students deserve. This is the Value Adds Value podcast. Let's jump into this next episode. Welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast. My name is Kyle Krieger, and I am here with my co-host and co-founder, Wilkie V. Law III. We want to thank you for taking time to listen and share your stories with us. We appreciate you, whether you're listening on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on iHeartRadio, or on iTunes. We are a podcast for educators created from a six-year conversation between us, two educators from different backgrounds and journeys that discovered that the true value in education is in the connections that teachers make with their students and the relationships that develop from that connection. The purpose of our podcast is to provide educators a platform to share their voices with others, make those connections, and to return value to the classroom experience and the teaching craft. Above all, we believe that when you add value to yourself, you add value to others. So welcome to Value Adds Value. And inspiring teachers, that's our how-to. You're listening to Value Adds Value. Inspiring teachers, inspiring teachers. that's our how-to. That's our how-to. You're listening to Value Adds Value. Inspiring teachers, that's our how-to. You're listening to Value Adds Value. Inspiring teachers, inspiring teachers. that's our how-to. That's our how-to. You're listening to Value Adds Value. Welcome back to Value Adds Value. This is Kyle Krieger along with Wilkie Law. It is currently 6.15 on the Teacher Heart Out Cruise Sunday. We are about to, and in an hour and a half or about two hours, get on a, uh, a bus and go deliver school supplies and do a school tour. Uh, of school in Nassau, the Bahamas, which we are super excited about, man. How's it, how you feeling? I feel great, man. Yeah. Slept pretty good last night. Yeah. Um, didn't really get, you know, didn't feel much of a wave or anything, but it was kind of, um, yeah, just kind of interesting, man, just to still be here. It's like, even though we had all the conferences, sessions yesterday, right? The sessions continued because there were so many great conversations that I had right. after the session yeah. uh, with presenters and with participants um, to kind of just and, I, and you know me I, I like to pick people's brains man and I, I, I you know I have my it's funny I have my We Connect cards shout out to Chad Little Film Will Wise again um, and and I said you know I'm gonna take one of those questions today and I'm just gonna poll them to everybody that I ask so I ask everybody the same question. When I get an opportunity, I think that um, yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah, it was good. I mean, a great. Um, I'm so impressed with the teacher heart out um, crew. Uh, you know, Eric and Michelle and I got a Chelsea and, and those people who have been so flexible and made everything work and made sure everybody got their sessions and got to do them. It was, it really turned out to be really cool. And, um, looking forward to one more day on the boat. Tomorrow we'll be docked and 
back to reality, or are you guys taking? No, you guys are staying. Yeah, we're we'll, we'll gonna, we'll gonna stay. We're gonna stay in South Beach for a little bit, man. You uh, stay until Thursday. Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, we leave out Wednesday, and um, I'm excited about that, man. I've never been to South Beach, so you know we figured we're in Miami. Might as well take advantage. This is this is work. This is work, and and that's what I need to get people to understand. That it's it's on a boat. It's fun, but there's still it a is. professional development. Right. And and I was just really amazed at when that a lot of the participants, you know, for those who don't know, we docked at Coco K yesterday, as we said in the podcast. The other people on the boat got off to go to Coco K to spend the whole day. And we did. We went over to Coco K for lunch. I uh, went and had lunch. Um, kind of got a quick, brief little tour of, of some of the things around it. And you said Coco K is... Did you or maybe somebody told me Coco Cay's only been open like two yeah. months? Open, open up, open up in May, twenty nineteen this year. So, um, but I thought it was amazing to see that the teachers who came on the cruise, a lot of them did not fuss about not being able to go to Coco Cay. You know, they didn't make a stink about oh, we could be on an island. We're on a cruise ship. You know what I mean? And we're we're doing PDs, which which mean. I can't say enough about the amazing sessions I went to yesterday. I posted on Instagram about Casey Bethel, yes. talking, talking on our heartstrings. Yeah. Um, I had the privilege of being with him for two sessions back to back, one on special ed, being a co-teacher, and the other one on uh, building relationships. Oh, man. Like, in my debrief yesterday, man, like I got emotional again uh, about what he brings to the table. And I said, he is truly that heart can teach your heart out. Like he brings that passion. And He's right at the center of it. Yeah. And it's, I think it's it's a good example. You know, they say surround yourself with people who, who are doing things the way that you want to be doing them, or doing things in a way that you want to be doing them. And he is definitely one that I'm really thankful that our paths crossed and that we made that connection. Um, and it's been amazing ever since. And it's so, still so funny. I mean, you would have heard this on the prior podcast episode, but it had just happened yesterday that he happened to be walking through. Yeah. Came and rapped with us, and so did Vanessa. So, but, you know, we'll, we'll probably in the next few days do a, a total, once we're both back home, do a do kind of a total debrief of, of the event and letting everything sink in. But today uh, on the podcast, um, why don't we talk about New Pop Liquid before we dive into the meat so that we don't forget. So, um, we are so fortunate to be able to offer you, the hardworking teacher listeners of the Value Add Value um, podcast, a three-month free subscription, gold member subscription to Nearpod. Um... And with that comes a $25 content credit. Now, for those of you that don't know what Neopod is, you're not familiar, it's an online teaching platform. Is that the best way to Present, describe presentation. it? Presentation. Presentation platform um, that not only um, allows you to create your own slides, your own slide decks, your own lessons, but there is a wealth of pre-made lessons pre-made and content, content in every that, subject area in every subject area and they have people who are completely dedicated to um, to just creating content and curriculum for them so 
Um, it's an incredible value. Uh, you know, three months to really try it and get your feet wet and see if it's something you want to do through the school year. I know that we are both we're both planning to use it um, and continuing to build the relationship with Nearpod because all the people we've met from Nearpod and we've been fortunate to meet a few have been wonderful and they are just were fantastic teachers not that long ago to where they're they're still creating great things so um, if you go to nearpod.com backslash value adds value that's where you can get that offer for three a three month gold subscription and $25 in content credit and I'll tell you it is it's well worth it um, talk about student engagement um, being able to present the lesson as a teacher by yourself or being able to have it student paced where you can send, send it out to your students and your students can go through it um, I, I know I've played around with it last year toward the end of the year to get used to it um, I'm doing more work with it this summer putting some of the things that I've already created into Neopod uh, and going through their catalog I mean I actually funny thing is this school year during one of our academic nights I actually won a set of uh, the VR goggles so you know again over I think it's like over over a hundred thousand different VR field trips that you can take via Nearpod. Nearpod. If you're teaching history and you're teaching a lesson on Africa and you want to take the kids on a tour of the pyramids, it's on there. They can put the goggles on and go on a virtual reality field trip. You want to go to France, you can have it have them go on a virtual um, field trip of, the, of France and they can see the Guggenheim and all these different things. Like there's so much. There's a wealth. My I let my kids play with the goggles and they went berserk because you're literally walking through and getting to experience these places and these things, the Arctic, which was really interesting because the kids, you can see the kids trying to pet the things that they see and trying to... Come here, bang. Come here, penguin. Come here, happy feet. You know, but it, like I said, it's just an amazing platform. You talk about student engagement, which is one of the things that was kind of the, the theme for most of the sessions I went to yesterday. Um, and Casey did a great job talking about there's a difference between excitement and engagement. Oh, and that hit that me. Was like a that was it. That was of the one, the one, the one point that stood out to me more than anything is when he said, "In student, you know, getting students excited only turns to engagement if they follow you when it comes time to learn. Yeah, if they follow you into that learning. If they say, you know, he gave the example of." He had lit off fireworks in his class, and the kids were just raging and ready to go. And when he tried to move the lesson forward to learning, they were just wanting to do more fireworks. Yeah, they wanted to go back to the fireworks. There was not a, there was not a, a, a the trail that he tried to blaze didn't go to the place that he wanted to go to. And that's right. just interesting that you have, you know, but again, most of the time we think that if you have sitting there and you're doing excited, I'm excited, kids are excited, kids are making noise, kids are excited, they're making noise, then the question becomes, um, now, how do you transfer that information to engagement, to full engagement? So. Mm -hmm. All right, so now that we've droned on, let's talk about um, leveraging relationships to create student leaders. That's what we... Uh, Said it was the pertinent topic this morning. Mm -hmm. Leveraging relationships to develop student leaders. 
Uh, I think before we get into that, we have to talk about the idea of leveraging relationships first, which is one of the things that we, we believe strongly in is that not only do you have to build relationships with students, not only do you have to um, do something to maintain that relationship with students, but that last step of the process is to leverage that relationship. And I believe that when you get to that point of leveraging the relationship that you're doing with students, then you have a, it's, I'm trying to think of the word to use. Um, you have you have this sense of um, expectation for the student. Because once you're in a relationship, you understand what the expectations of the other person is. And I believe that that is what we have to do in order to develop students into leaders. Because students are not just born to become leaders. There are some that are just born leaders. There are some that are wonderful leaders. And then there are some that are just, um, um, that, need, that need to see an example of what that looks like. Right, and I, and I think we, we think that, like you said, it, and there's too much of a pervasive idea that that um, you're either a leader or you're not. And I think leadership is a skill that can be developed. I, I think, you know, sometimes we confuse where people want to say, say that leadership is something, it's an either or. Either you were born with leadership or you weren't. And I think, like you said, it's something that can be developed. And, you know, like you said, should be developed with everyone. Mm -hmm. But also, you got to remember this that, that no one's born a leader. Let's just get that clear. Right. There's not a leadership gene. You know, there's not there's not a strand of DNA that says this is the leadership gene that's going to make you a leader. Leaders are developed, just like greatness is developed, just like um, becoming anything is developed. And when you, and as educators, we have the unique opportunity to be able to to foster that growth with the students, so that they can get to that point. Um, when we say students, we see students like, oh, you're a natural leader. If you go back, you'll look and you'll find that there was a parent. Yeah, there was there was someone before you that, that 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 actually provided those students with what they need in order to um, to develop those necessary skill sets, uh, whether it's providing them with a detailed chore list to make them more responsible of what they're doing, uh, which is a trait of leadership, um, having them be, understand how to communicate with other people. That's a trait of leadership. You know what I mean? Like there's so many things that go into what you're doing as a leader versus um, just saying you're a natural born leader. No, those are that's development. Leadership is development. And I mean, we see that every day in education because, you know, one of the things that we often say, and I know you and I said it before in the podcast, that a lot of times the administrators who go into being assistant principals and principals don't really develop into a teacher leader first. They meet the minimum requirements to become a, an assistant principal, which is in Texas, I know it's, I believe it's three years. In most districts, you have to have three years of classroom experience. And they're so goal-focused that they want to automatically go there. But you've never really developed yourself as a classroom leader, as a, as a, as a team leader, as a, as a content leader, you know, uh, as, as a leader for students. And now you're expected to lead an entire department. 
or in some cases an entire school, uh, which I think one of the things we heard yesterday is that administration, what, what administrators do make a big deal on the campuses. And if they get it right, teachers get it right. If teachers get it right, students win. And at the end of the day, that is what our objective is, is to get our students to win. Mm-hmm. Not, not a, what did you say? <laughs> Please don't. If you're, if you're a fan of the YMCA, don't knock me on this. I'm, uh, I said, we're not the YMCA with everybody. It shouldn't be everybody getting a certificate. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you did great, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you came in the 44th place out of, out of 44, and but you still did great. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you a trophy. No, you don't, you don't get a trophy, Kyle. You know, Monica Jensen's session yesterday was talking about how we need to teach students how to be graceful losers. And I think that's a trait of being in leadership. And that's what teachers get to do when you have a relationship with students. When you leverage that relationship, when I know you know me and I know you, and we can flow with one another, now I can use that engagement that you have with me to say, let me help you become what you designed to be. Everybody's designed to be a leader in some way. Everybody's born to lead something. We're here for a purpose. That purpose won't get fulfilled without you being here. So we have to make sure as teachers that we do our very best to make sure that we we build those relationships, maintain them, and then be able to leverage those relationships so that students can grow into developing to who they're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just kind of, yeah, it's like that point of. Educators, we interrupt this podcast to bring you this exclusive offer. We have teamed up with Nearpod to offer you, yes, you, a three-month gold membership and $25 in content credit for free. That's right, free. You can click on the link in the show notes or go to nearpod.com backslash value adds value. That's nearpod.com backslash value adds value for this exclusive offer. Now, back to the podcast. Because I think, you know, looking back at my experience, I was a natural. Like, one of those people who said it was more of a natural born leader. I, gra- I gravitated towards it. And it wasn't that I was so natural born. I think I just enjoyed it. Like, I liked it. I liked being out front. I liked being kind of, you know, especially when you're a little kid, you want to be center of attention. You want to be out there leading the troops and doing that. But but also go back what was happening behind the scenes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have a really I had a really good family life and really good examples to to look at. So again, it was developed. You right. can't it wasn't natural. It was natural to your environment, but it wasn't yeah. natural to you. You developed that because you were placed in an environment that, that enhanced you. And your parents leveraged the relationship to develop a leader within your child. So that when you went to the playground, you went to the playground knowing I am Kyle Grieger. I can do anything. And that belief in yourself that they put in you fosters that leadership that when you get into situations that you begin to lead. I mean, my first job, I was 14 years old when I started working at um, A&W. A&W, hot dogs, and more, and the potato place. There were two, two, two rest- restaurants. joint restaurants in the mall. And this was my first $3.65 an hour. I remember that. Like, at at Greenspoint? At Deerbrook Mall. Oh, at Deerbrook. Ironically, Deerbrook. Deerbrook Mall in my community now. 
uh, was my very first actual job, besides cutting yards and stuff like that, but actually working for Social Security State. Um, uh, and I remember that I started working there, and it was quickly determined that, oh, he has something about him. And it wasn't the fact that I was a great leader. I was great with people. So I had managers and assistant managers who worked with me on my people skills, which in turn made me a leader. So again, that development, they leveraged the relationship and said, hey, this guy has something. They built a relationship with me. We maintained that relationship. So when I left there and went over to the Great American Cookie Company, I then became, a, a, as, a as a high school student, because at that point I was in the ninth grade, Ninth or tenth grade, I was one of the assistant managers, like the night manager that closed the store up. And so that's development. That's people saying, I want to invest in you to help you become what you want to become. And without that investment, would I have gotten there? Probably. Would it have taken a lot longer? Probably. So I think it's, uh, again, the biggest part in looking at that leveraging relationships is that. You have to first build it and maintain it. But what is, you talked about environment. You know, I was in an environment where leadership could be taught. So where does environment fall into the building of relationships? And then, I mean, because obviously, you know, the environment in which we create, you know, makes a big difference in how we create relationships. Just the soil. That's the soil that nurtures the seed. And you can't, um, same with teachers, if you get the soil right in your classroom, you get, you know, and I always joke because you know, my wife recently went to a, um, a, a, a PD and uh, visiting a coal mine. And they, we had to take our dirt from our, from our home and they checked all of the pH balances of the, of the dirt and everything to see where we are, whether or not our ground was good, ground to plant and do things. And it was like, oh, you have low erosion. You have great soil. You need to be able to do this. You need to be able to do that. You should be able to do that. So when your soil is right, you know, I, I laugh at a friend of mine who says, man, you know, you can literally go down to Hawaii and just drop seed down on the ground and it'll grow. Why? Because the soil is so rich from all the lava. So when you create in your classroom the environment to where you, all your levels are so on point with what you're setting in your classroom, you're so conscious and intentional about what you're doing. You're making sure you're keeping the right things in and taking the bad things out and making sure there's a good balance between everything. When you do that, you'll develop students. You will automatically go ahead and go and do that. But you can't do that before you first build those relationships. So, so once you've built the relationship and you have the right environment to maintain it, what what's the difference? I mean, because this is something we've been talking about for multiple years of that, that leverage piece. So what does it look like in practice to be able to have the relationship to leverage and then what are examples of how you would leverage relationships? Hey, we just wanted to take a quick second to thank you for listening to the Value Yards Value Podcast. Taking a quick break from this episode to just say thank you. Um, as we approach our 300th episode and we're approaching the 100,000 download mark. We just are so grateful for the people who have been on this journey with us. And um, those numbers are important to us. So if you could subscribe to this podcast, share it, 
help us, you know, make that 100,000 download mark, help us continue to make a difference and support educators with things that they need, with stories, and to share the best parts of this profession with the wonderful people that are in it. So again, thank you for listening to Value That's Value. We would love it if you would subscribe and share this episode. And as always, we appreciate you and we hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. Okay, I'll just give a quick example of um, me doing my after school program this, this school year. I love being in middle school because there's so much more activity and so much more movement with the students. Um, but we, um, in that process, one of the things that I do is I really talk about relationships. I really talk about um, what's faulty about it, what, what, what makes you feel uneasy about it, you know, and we talk about that. And I, with those group of kids, we built such a great relationship that many of those kids in that program turned around, excuse me, and became leaders within my, within my classroom and other people's classroom. They're like, oh my God, this student is so wonderful. But that student didn't start out like that. So when you're talking about what does it look like, it looks like an investment. Because when you're intentionally invested in anything, you don't, we, no one invests in anything without the hope of a return. That's the whole idea of an investment, right? That when I invest in something, that I'll get a return on my investment. As educators, we don't really always see that, 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 that return. But when you really begin to leverage the relationships you have with your students and you begin to see them become leaders, you see that return. You see the benefit of that return immediately. Because now, and I guess one of the biggest things, because if you think about relationship, one of the biggest things in relationship is trust. And as leaders, what is one of the biggest traits you need? Either you're going to be a micromanager or you're going to trust people to do what they're supposed to do. Jim Collins talks about it, having the right people in the right place, in the right seat. Don't worry about where you're going. Just can I get the right people in the right seat first? That's where we have to start. And, and, and it also reminds me of you know Simon Sinek when he talks about you know um, when you're a, a manager or you know people will work to get a paycheck. They'll give you the bare minimum to get that paycheck, but when you're really a true leader, they'll you know they'll give you your blood, sweat, and tears. And I think when you say trust, it it it's reciprocal. I mean, when you trust and empower people, they then in turn, as you extend that trust to them, they will develop trust in you that that this thing that I maybe don't understand right now or I can't quite see the whole picture of it, I'm going to trust that what Mr. Law is saying is genuine. I'm going to trust that he's, you know, doing whatever he's doing for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, remember, when you get to this leveraging point, you're not talking about the building part. Like, there's so many principles that go there when you're building. So when you're talking about leveraging it, that's a totally different thing that you're talking about. Because with leveraging, I, I, I think about if, if I went to try to move a big rock by myself, and I just tried to push it, I can't get enough push behind it but if I were to get another smaller rock and a strong stick, I could actually get the stick wedged into 
between the two rocks and find a comfortable fulcrum on that stick to where even me by myself could get enough to leverage and move that rock. That's what I think about. And that, that's the visual that I get when I think about leveraging relationships. And when you do that, when students see that you're doing that for them, they're in turn going to turn around and do it for you. They're going to do it for you. And it all starts with that trust piece. You're going to leverage your relationship. Build that trust. Get that trust to the point to where kids will do anything for you. You know, I do, I, I, people think I'm crazy when I do things in my classroom. Like, I have, let kids scream. So I give them an example. I say, there's a, there's a three-second scream. Two sec- no, we did five-second scream, three-second scream, and a one-second scream. See, because sometimes, you, sometimes, even as adults, you just want to go somewhere and just yell. You know, that's why I thrill parks and, 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 and horror movies, because we want that. that going, going, to a, going to a ball game. Going to a ball game, right. So we practice it. So I hold my hand up and say, like, five seconds. Let's go. You ready? One, two, three. Let's go. And I'm like, ah. And when they get to that point, they stop. And just doing something like that helps them to see that, you know what? No, it's not going to always be a room that's going to come in and sit down, take out your pencil and paper, and be ready for class. No. Sometimes I'm going to give you a piece of paper with a word on it that's going to have a right. I'm going to say, go around and find your rhyming match to your phrase. Find a person that matches your rhyming phrase. And when they're going around, they want to get done. Put the music on and say, okay, now let's put it together. It starts over here. Let's go all the way around the room and put this song together. And when the kids see that, they're like, oh, that's what you do when you're leveraging relationships. Because now you know me. You know this is what I'm about. So now you're excited to do whatever it is. I tell people, when you have the right relationships, kids will try to be a juggernaut and run through a brick wall for you. But if they don't have their relationship, sometimes they'll sit in the back of the room like a quiet mouse and never say anything. And you can you grow a kid that way? If that kid in themselves is disciplined, yes. But if they're not, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna lose them. And you know, even my reflection on this past school year, I lost a lot of kids that I did not leverage the relationships on and I did not do I feel I didn't do a great job of connecting with them. Um, certain students. Like there's pockets of students that I can see in each one of my groups that I did not make that connection with. And again, it gives me something to work for again next year. Yeah, and I just, and I think back to the, you know, to the kid that, you know, once you start to leverage that relationship, they become, you know, your greatest advocate in class. They're the ones that are saying like, hey, you know, you get to that point where like, you know, that, that, kind of ideal dream point where kids are monitoring themselves and policing themselves. And, That's when you have student leaders. You know, hey guys, be quiet. Hey guys, hey guys. You know, when I can walk out of my classroom to do hallway duty and my kids are going in, your student leaders are the ones who are going to be saying, hey guys, you know, you know, we're, you know the work is up. You know, you're supposed to get the computers. Who's the technology managers? You know, who's, 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 who's doing the attendance? Who's setting up the, like when you, when you do that, you're, you're, everything moves so smoothly because it moves a lot smoother because you don't have to work so hard once you start leveraging those relationships because then students or, start working or, for or, you. Or heaven forbid in the middle of the class you could step out for 33 seconds and go to the bathroom without having to worry about 
whether your kids are gonna. Or like several times I had to do go around to the to my neighbor's classroom, or go into a classroom where sub is, and I'll tell my kids like I subs having issues. Oh, we got you, Mr. Lowe. We got you. We got you. And I'll walk down the hallway to go check on and help another teacher out, and come back to my room, and my kids are doing what they're supposed to do. Now, does it happen all the time? Dealing with human beings. <laughs> but but even still, like you know, even if they weren't perfect and doing exactly, when you come back in, they're gonna go back to what to what they were doing and, and the right things. And I mean, but you know, creating student leaders isn't just a, a benefit for us. You know, like we we know that you know leadership traits that, and you know the ability to build relationships and those things that we would develop into a leader. I mean. It's not so much that we want the individual people to be student leaders. Mm -hmm. We want those leadership traits, those things like building relationships and empathy and, you know, making good choices to be skills that our kids have. Mm -hmm. They don't all need to be student leaders and run for student president, student council president and that stuff, but... But just because every leadership doesn't have to have a position or a title. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I I left. You know, everybody was like, well, "Why'd you go from being a content specialist and leading a team to going back into the classroom?" And I say because I still see myself as a leader. My title doesn't make me a leader. There's a lot of people with a title that are not a leader. Exactly. So it's not a title. It's not. You don't have to run for student council president. You don't have to run for this. You don't have to do that. You could just say, "You know, I'm be the best version of myself." And I'm going to consistently strive to be that best version of myself. And I think that is what we do as educators to try to get kids to develop that sense of almost, I'm the captain of my ship. Hey, fun <laughs> intent. Very much so. But, uh, you know, I think that that is um, that leveraging piece, like, the more and more I, I think about the visual of that rock, that 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 piece of wood is that is that relationship, that connection between who you are as an educator, and we gotta remember we're one to we're one to thirty, one to twenty five, you know. So there's a huge you know differential there that that we're at the disadvantage, if you really put it clearly, and so we have to use the relationships to kind of move. The entire group and that leverage, leveraging that relationship, and it's and it's the rock. It's the rock. It's the rock. It's not the it, it's the small rock. It's not the stick. It's not the stick. And I think that's. I mean, and granted, you could. I, I shouldn't say that. You could jam the stick in there and pull down on it, and maybe you could move the rock a little bit. But the more effective you are with that fulcrum, the more you work to find the the right position to get the right amount of leverage. That's that's when you can really move things, and and I think that's what it is. I mean, leveraging relationships is to me, and the the moments you know, it's it's seizing, it's it's being present in those relationships to seize those moments, because mm-hmm. leveraging a relationship isn't. You know the continuous things you do. It's taking advantage of those opportunities when they present yourself to really like move that relationship forward. You know, recognizing a kid. You know, in in the small moments, you know, connecting. I'm thinking back to, um, gosh, who talked about it? I think Eric, maybe 
No, Casey was talking about, oh, he was talking about how he takes kids to Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. And they come back and they're just like, and maybe that's not the example. Well, he talks about taking them up to the highest, big, tallest building and having them looking out. Saying, look yeah. at what you see and keep that vision so that when you go back, this is what you see and you remember that I can do anything because I can see anything. He talked about we have kids become what they see. Mm-hmm. So if they see me being a relationship builder, if they see me being a relationship maintainer, if they see me using that relationship not for my own benefit, but for their benefit, when students see that, now they know that that's what I've become. And you may be the only person on the planet that's helping that student do that. You may be. You never know. Um, I know in a lot of situations in a lot of urban environments, a lot of those students don't have, even in some rural environments, you know, I found out yesterday, you know, you know, we think we're dealing with issues in, you know, in our urban communities, but, you know, teachers say, I live, you know, I teach in, in rural Missouri. In rural, rural Kansas, like, rural, like smoke. And, and, and they were saying how they're having issues with, with opioid epidemics, with, with methamphetamines, and kids who, who are in foster care because both parents are addicted to drugs and they can't go home. So it's, doesn't matter the environment, it's that you just have to take the initiative to say, I want to be that for a student. And I think once we start doing that and investing in our students, we, we, we'll, we'll, we'll make a difference. So, any final things you want to add? No, man, I'm just uh, really looking forward to um, getting out to that school today. You know, we, uh, we have about an hour before we got to be mustered up for the bus. So we're going to go up and grab a little breakfast and do that. But, man, you know, it's just, yeah, there, there's nothing right now on top of what we said to really sum it up. But, you know, that, that point of, you know, taking, you know, leveraging relationships is just doing what you can to take it to the next level. And I just want to just leave, you know, I call this my seminary issue. Because every time I went in a seminary, they used to teach us that whenever you preach a sermon, give them three points every time. And uh, everything, you know, things are better in threes. <laughs> always. I'm third, uh, P3. Um, <laughs> but I just want to leave you with this. And uh, talking about leveraging, to, leveraging relationships to develop student leaders, the first thing we got to understand is we have to invest in our students. We have to invest in our students. Once you invest in your students, understand this. It's a long-term investment, so you have to understand that it is a process. It's not a, I'm gonna, it's not a one-for-one return right away. It, it comes back, but understand that it's a process. And then the last thing is you have to trust the process. If you trust the process, it'll work. Don't, don't start it and stop. You know, you knew my frustrations this year in the classroom where from day one, you know, I was like, no, this is different. I can't win. This is, this is rough. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's going to work. Me being me is not going to work. And it's like, no. You got to ride it. You got to ride the bumpy part. You got to ride You know, we talked about this, that, 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 that 60 seconds when a plane takes off. From the moment it actually turns and it's ready for, for takeoff, it's been cleared. In those 60 seconds, the plane is speeding up so fast. It is so rocky, and you're shaking, you're shaking, you're shaking, you're shaking, you're trembling, you're trembling, and all of a sudden, you 
you get to a point where you stop feeling it, and you start feeling the lift. You don't jump off the plane with a shaking at that point. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't jump off at that point. You're moving too fast. You jump off, you're going to do more damage than, than you would. Stay through that, ride through that turbulence. And once you get that lift, you'll find that even students who gave me the worst time will come and tell me at the end of the year with tears in their eyes. It's like you're the favorite teacher I've ever had. I'm not going to tell anybody that, but thank you. Quick hug, and then they walk away. But this is the kid who gave me please all year long. But at the end of the year, gave me a hug saying thank you because you believed in me. You know, the turbulence is it's natural. We're teachers. We know what turbulence feels like. When you make that transition to flight, everything changes. And I believe that's where we have to go. So now the way I look at it is that on my campus, I have an entire group of kids that's in seventh grade next year who know me that if needed, I can leverage my relationship with them to help them still. And then the process continues because then I'll have eighth graders who I've touched, seventh graders I've touched, and the sixth graders that I'm working on. So think about the power for this new group coming in when you have kids who are saying, hey guys, this is my favorite teacher, y'all better not do this. Because now the kids in the class are like, well, let me see what it is about this teacher that you're saying that you want to come back to. And I think that's where it, that's where you win. Salute. Bless you. Awesome. Well, uh, again, uh, we're, we're going to sign off. But uh, please don't forget, value adds value. Or sorry, that's not right. Uh, Nearpod.com backslash value, value adds value. value. Um, we are so thrilled to be able to partner with them to offer you that access to that platform. So uh, nearpod.com backslash value adds value. You can get you can get a three month gold membership and twenty five dollars in content credit. It's a great time to work on it now while you have time in the summer to build it up and see if it's something you want to use for the school year. But we are thrilled to be able to offer that to you. But you know, for now we're gonna go get some breakfast and go out to the school in Nassau. So okay, before we leave, let me just say this real quick. I'm excited because guys, last last year. I was in a 2X shirt this year. This 2X shirt swallows me. So you're probably looking at the podcast. If you're looking at a video of it, saying, man, the shirt's pretty big. I'm excited about it. Well, you probably, I mean, you could probably fit into this right now. I probably just you know. I can fit a large right now. It's good. It's amazing. Good work. Hard work. Hard work pays off, so. Absolutely. You're checking out. Welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast. My name is Kyle Krieger, and I am here with my co-host and co-founder, Wilkie V. Law III. We want to thank you for taking time to listen and share your stories with us. We appreciate you, whether you're listening on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on iHeartRadio, or on iTunes. We are a podcast for educators. Created from a six-year conversation between us, two educators from different backgrounds and journeys that discovered that the true value in education is in the connections that teachers make with their students and the relationships that develop from that connection. The purpose of our podcast is to provide educators a platform to share their voices with others, make those connections, and to return value to the classroom experience and the teaching craft. Above all, we believe that when you add value to yourself, you add value to others. So welcome to Value Adds Value. Again, we want to thank you for checking out this podcast. If you want to connect with us, 
please feel free to find us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram as at value as value. And you can also find Wilkie and his teaching experience on Instagram and Twitter at its.will.law.iii. And if you could do us a huge favor, it would mean the world to us, no matter where you're listening, whether you're on iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube. If you could hit the like, the subscribe button, and leave us a rating or review, it would mean the world to us. But for now, we hope you enjoy this episode of the Value as Value podcast.